0: Hey, if you've suffered an injury in an accident and would like a free case review, make sure you call the super team at Daspit Law Firm. Free consultations are available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Dial 713-322-HURT. That's 713-322-HURT. Or you can go to the
1: website, DaspitLaw.com.
2: Dunn and lands. What happened? Second and goal. Stroud has time. Surveying the scene. Now chased out. Comes back to his left. Throws to the
3: end zone. And it's caught. Touchdown.
2: Take down.
3: All right, we're back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Man, so many plays in that game that were so controversial. So many. I don't. I really don't that that you could question from the, I, it's, it's play after play. The two penalties, Mike. I mean the two timeouts that that, that D'Amico had to use. Oh my goodness, what are you doing, guys? What what are you doing? You can't get the 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 play call in in time, and then you got twelve men on the field on a punt. Twelve men on the field on a punt is a killer, is a killer. Yeah, and the the, the announcers were
0: talking about if that is going to occur, you have to run off the field as you, if you're the return man. Apparently, he was. He just wasn't doing it in in a fast enough time, and they were nervous, so they called the penalty. It would have been, what, fourth and two if they were called for the penalty. It wasn't like fourth and seven at the time. Yeah. And they didn't want to give the the Jags either the option of possibly going forward or maybe trying to trick you into jumping outside so they take the penalty. Yeah, that, that one's rough. I mean, it, it didn't turn out to – Cost you per se, as far as you still had definitely had a chance. Um, and, and hell, it wound up being a 58 plus yard field goal. Um, and you had plenty of time, so it didn't come back to kill you, but it's just not something you want to have happen. And, um, yeah, it was as bad, not as bad, that's the, the improper way to put it, but as inconsistent as their play was, we were watching the big plays they gave up on defense, they had a chance, and the offensive line late. Could or CJ not getting the ball out. Just the pressure kind of took them out of any opportunity to tie that ball game. And like I said before, play calls, penalties. The Texans are a team who are who are kind of a, we talk about the coin boy stuff, they're kind of a coin flip team. We've watched them all year long. Uh, depending on how the Every calls game go. Is,
3: it comes down to the last play.
0: Depending on how the calls go or, or a play call goes, you're winning or losing. So when we talk about their expectations, you mentioned it. Saying, I mean, people are talking. Well, just look, the Texans are could win and be a game out of the number one seed. Look, you look at this team and how they play. They have beaten some good football teams. Some, some, something that some of the top contenders can't say. The Cowboys don't have one win against like that. The Dolphins don't either. But they do. But those two teams do beat up on the teams they're supposed to beat up on. They're not in games where they're nervous against mediocre to bad football teams what the Dolphins did to the Jets. They didn't even play that well and smoked them. The Cowboys have several games like that, and that's where I think the difference is between the Texans and and other good football teams. Those teams will
3: put away bad football teams. The Texans are at a point where even against bad teams... They keep everybody in the game. Yeah. Every game is down to the last... Every game is to the last play. Now, as far as what you should feel about them, I don't know, I ain't going to tell you how to feel. I tell you this. It was a great crowd yesterday. Um... Big ups to the to everybody that showed up there and was loud and was made a difference in the game. But there's still a lot of football. I'm going on Sunday. I'm going to go see the okay. Denver game. Big game. A uh, big game. It is a big game. And TJ says, "Hey, we lost. We're still six and five. We're still in this thing.
4: It's a long season, man. I don't think it hurts us like that. Like, of course, yeah, divisional. You want to win the game, and um, it hurts us pretty significant, man. It's about a mindset, though, like." What we gonna do? Not play no more? Like we we gonna just tuck our tail and and, and not play hard? Like nah, I, I don't really believe in that type of mindset. I'm going out there every play, every game, trying to win. So I don't really think um, that our season's over at all. It's a long year. But we have six more games to play, seven more games to play. Like it's a lot more football left, and um, you can see the trajectory we're on. We're, we're taking strides, but we got to play complementary football. We got to play for the offense. Got to help the defense. Defense got to help the offense. And special teams have to do their job too. So there's a lot of things we can learn from. But I think we're, we're at where we're at, and the sky's the limit still. There's no confidence taken away in this loss. We're going to learn from. We're going to get better. And we're going to go get a dub.
3: So they're still very much in the hunt for a playoff spot. So and and here here it starts on Sunday against Denver because they're a surprise. they won five in a row now. They're a surprising six and five. Texans are six and five. I think the loser might be out on this one. This is, I think, when you're six and five, there's still a lot of football left. Um, you know, you got 17 games, you still got six games to go. But this is not a well. It's not maybe not an elimination game. It's it's but it's it's the biggest game of the year, Dell. Oh, what?
0: for the second week in a what? row, the, the biggest and game of the year.
3: Don't they just get bigger as they go along? Yes. Well, now that you lost, it's the biggest game. It's of the a year. big
0: yes, a giant game. And huh. you, you meant the Colts win their game, so they're six and five. They have the final playoff spot. The Browns did lose to the Broncos on Sunday and they're seven and four in the sixth seed. Pittsburgh's seven and four as well. So those are the the three wild card teams. The Texans do get to play three of them as far as competing against them. The Broncos, they have the Colts later in the year and they have the Browns. So they despite the loss, still very much controlling their own fate. Now being a game behind the Browns means you have to beat them if you're going to probably make the playoffs. But they got a chance. When you have the opportunity to play the Colts and the Browns and the Broncos, despite the loss, I mean, if, if to have a chance this late in the year, I'll take it. Um, mm. And, I, and I, like you said, I imagine all these games will come down to the wire because that's just who the Texans are this year.
3: Okay, a couple of, uh, couple of uh, tweets here. I heard your question before, before the break. Are they real? Question is: Is it better to not make the playoffs or get run in the first round? CJ strikes me as a guy that will win the Super Bowl the very next year after getting embarrassed the year before. There is no argument that there is. There's no lottery. No. So why would you even? And you think had that it's better to. There's there's zero zero. This this I not even a This is not even a question. Yeah, I
0: don't understand the que- I un- I un- obviously understand the question, but I don't understand why. There's anything but making the playoffs. Yeah. You're not you don't you're not looking for draft position. Hell, you don't even have your own draft pick, so it doesn't matter. You're, obviously, you won't go beat the Browns and it helps your draft yeah. status. So, yes, make the playoffs and if and if you get if you go on the road, let's say you're the let's say you're the let's say the Texans squeak in as a seventh seed and they play anyone from Baltimore or the Chiefs. Hell, they could play the Jags again, which actually you'd probably like that matchup. Um, Baltimore, the the four division More leaders.
3: That if you're the seven, you're playing the Chiefs.
0: Or the Ravens, uh, the Chiefs have to play Buffalo. Um, so I don't know. The Ravens have the Dolphins later in the year. So who knows? As it as it stands now, it's the Chiefs because the the Ravens haven't had their bye week. They are nine and three, while the other three are eight and three, division winners. Let's say you play the Chiefs and you get your doors blown off. Although the Chiefs' offense would suggest maybe you don't, but let's say you go who are in there they beating to- up. They've got the win over. No, they don't. They didn't beat the Eagles. Who have they beaten? The Dolphins. That's their best one. On well,
3: their, in, no, no, no. But I mean, they're not beating up on. Yeah, anybody. They're, they're not
0: beating anyone. up. No. Yeah, that's not who they are right now. Uh, so let's say you. Let's say you go into Kansas City and lose a two-score ball game by ten. Clearly, that's In fact, if you get blown out, who cares? The Texans making the playoffs and go, seeing Kansas City. Oh, that's a win huge. for the
3: season. Huge. You get your
0: quarterback in a season with low expectations. Your quarterback gets to
3: play in a playoff game. Come on, that's a that's a huge win go back and look no one else was in motion on that play just tank unfortunately i did i did watch the play unfortunately you have to cuz every every replay picks it up right at the snap of the ball so i don't know if there was someone in motion earlier in the play but he was the only one certainly the only one in motion at the time, at the time. and if that's the case and they called him for a CFL move, moving to go, going toward the line of scrimmage. It was a a, a half a yard that and, he was and, moving upfield before the ball was snapped. I don't think, guys. Well, they said that it was the two. I don't think that there were two guys in motion,
0: and that's that would be a, a major cause for yes. being pissed off a little bit because the Dolphins do that all the time. So yes, Tyreek Hill is always a like leaning forward before before the snap. That's part of the part of the part of the what they're exploiting, his ability to get a running start going forward uh, before you can. So, yeah, if that's the case, I, re, I, I remember the call because I, obviously I remember the big play. I don't remember how it all set up, who was moving, who wasn't. But if they're right about that, I've seen that picture.
3: Did um, you bring back the Letterman jacket? I would never wear a Letterman jacket. It's not a good wow. look for me. It's, it looks like it's you.
0: That's not me. It looks like it's you. I've it's never, you. I've never, that's your face. I've, it's my face, but I've never put on Texans gear hmm. before, so it's not me. Okay. I'm just going to let you know that right now. I would not, and besides
3: that, jackets a curse. Um, In regards to the Thanksgiving Facebook call, there was a caterer in Deer Park that took a bunch of orders for Thanksgiving dinners off their Facebook page, and apparently, they didn't fill any of the orders. Don't experiment.
0: Do not have a set person you know is going to make food, or get or three. I mean, a lot of people can make food to contribute to a dinner. Don't depend
3: on someone else.
0: Yeah. Why are we doing?
3: Why are we using caterers? Uh,
0: Don't talk, uh, Yanni. Oh, no, Yanni's
3: a, like, hey, shut no, up. no, 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 it's perfect. Actually, it's a great, it's great. Oh, so it was like a, that, that kind of deal, and they didn't fill any of their orders. Yeah. Congratulations! Ooh. Wow, <laughs> that you you ruined That's, a lot of gosh. Thanksgivings. Look, y- get, yikes! Yanni's outside of
0: what John talks about. Him personally is a fine businessman who who will get you your food. No,
3: yeah, uh, and that is the best turkey. The the fried turkey from Damaris is the best. I don't know how was your Thanksgiving.
0: Mine was good. What? I mean. I, I got all my faves. I talked to people I need to talk to. Didn't have to hang out with people I didn't have to hang out I didn't want to hang out with. It was great. Now, mine is very different. All my family doesn't live here. Uh, so most of my conversations are done over the phone for Thanksgiving, just checking up on people. You want to just come to my house
3: next year nah. and every year after? Nah. You just want to come over and we'll just hang out? We'll sit we on ha- the couch why, and watch games? Why are we hanging out? I got. I got – more than one blanket. We could have two blankets know, while what, we're sitting on the couch. How the cold is your game. house?
0: What, why do I need a blanket
3: for it? Your yeah. house. I'm.
0: A, why you, It got cool out. Yeah, but you don't turn on the central heat. No, we don't turn on the heat. I got, why am I, I putting like on a? Why am house? I putting on a blanket? Okay. Imagine that inviting a, per, a man, grown man, to your house. Go. I got a blanket for Here's you. Here's a blanket. I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. be under your blanket. <laughs> That's weird. I appreciate Just the saying. offer, but it's an odd offer. Yeah. Get yourself a space heater if you're gonna give me a blanket. Oh, no, I could turn the heat on yeah. I just don't
3: I know because it brings all these allergens into the house. So I gotta deal I with I already it. got it. Look, I got, I, under, I understand
0: you have an issue, but I'm the guest. Yeah, the but ge- I don't
3: care. The, the, I, I got a blanket for you. What for kind you? of what kind two of, blankets. Not we don't even have to share one.
0: There there was never a chance okay. I was gonna share a blanket
3: with you. I'm just saying. What kind of what kind of uh, host are you? You're gonna invite me to your
0: home and have me freezing?
3: No. Yeah, I got a blanket.
0: Kind of I blanket. Just said I is got it, a blanket.
3: Is it a heated blanket? Could. If you want one, we'll try. We'll try to find one. I'm not story. gonna. I'm not putting you out. Don't uh, worry about it. Jeff is on the north side. Let's talk about the uh, C.J. Stroud situation. What do you say, Jeff?
4: Hey guys. Um, first up, the worst non-penalty call was the holding on Trevor Lawrence's one-yard touchdown after the two egregious pass interference uh, left tackle on the Jags clearly held our guy, but. Neither here nor there. D.J. Stroud needs to improve his situational awareness. I know he's a rookie, but third and one, fourth and one, we don't need to be throwing deep bombs. Maybe just a simple flat, you know, toss or QB sneak. I know the coaches need to improve their situational awareness, too. But the big part was the last play before the field goal. D.J. Stroud could have ran for five yards. Instead, he tried to do what Brett Favre did on the Vikings where he just threw a terrible pass. You just got to get a few more yards for your kicker who can't kick very far. So for me, C.J. Stroud, he just needs to take a a page out of the great quarterback. He'll take that three-yard run, and now our kicker kicks a 52-yard field goal. Hopefully the refs spot it correctly, and we go into overtime. And so that's really what I want to talk about is Josh just got to improve that situational awareness a little bit.
3: Um. Yeah, well, I will say this. He got sacked by Josh Allen, okay, and then it was – and then he threw a pass over the middle to Nico for seven yards, and then he threw a, a pass short left to Devin Singletary. I mean, you asked him – you were asking him to get – Fewer I mean uh he well, threw a couple of short passes after that to try to gain more yards. Yeah, on that particular sequence he did try to
0: hit singletary. It was a it was defended well. It, it went complete. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily criticize him on that set of downs, but even lead, leading up to that, I think even I don't know if it was before the sack, but throughout the game, there were times where just take the four or five. It, no. I mean yeah. you, you have, he has an ability despite his his unwillingness, at least at what we saw at Ohio State and certainly some of it here, his unwillingness to want to be a runner, he has the ability uh, to pick up four or five and maybe make a guy miss and, and make it a longer game. That will be my issue throughout um, the game, what I saw from him. He he would roll out or hang or, you know, you look like you're rolling to the left, but he would check back into the pocket, and sometimes those things work out because the guy would come free and he had a couple guys like that. But other times where you're thinking, okay, uh, avoid a hit, go take your four or five yards, throw the ball away, either – that sometimes is uh, what i would like just to ha- to keep him from taking shots cuz we talked i talked about it earlier i think the-, the hits are building up he got hit quite a bit yesterday and-, and slow to get up a couple times so i wouldn't blame him for what happened late he t- he got hit. there was a sack that he couldn't avoid that changed the complexion
3: of that entire set of downs listen yeah listen there were two sacks he came back from the first one the second sack, he wasn't able to come back. He was uh, Josh Allen was on him right away, and I'm not, not going to blame CJ for that sack. He tried to get you back. He get a seven yard pass. He threw another short pass. He threw another short pass. He was trying to get as much as possible. As far as the two deep balls on fourth down on third and fourth down, I'm putting that on Sloick. You're it's, you're on your own forty six yard line. You're down ten points. You've got third and one. If you know you're going for it on fourth down, run the football. And this is not hindsight while we're watching it i was screaming what are you doing if you're gonna go for it run the ball twice now they couldn't run the ball at all they had 18 carries six of them were cj running around so they basically had 12 carries minus the one tank run between singletary and Pierce, they had 11 carries on the game and they gained a total of 32 yards i know they couldn't run the football. If you can't get a yard in two downs, then you then then you just go oh well you know. But throwing throwing the ball in that situation on third and fourth down was was a Bobby Slovik mistake. Yeah, I don't mind
0: throwing it if you have a like we watched the Jags quite a bit. Fought, throw the ball short and do run run after the catch stuff. And certainly if it doesn't go well, a guy misses a block, everyone's going to be furious that you do the ball behind the line of scrimmage and pick up a first down. I. I'm not blaming CJ because I'm not sure there was an option to dump it off to a guy in the flats for a first down. I would have ran the ball on third down at a minimum. And look, if if you don't gain an inch, okay, now you know what time it is. I guess you have to throw the football. But to not do it once, the test, maybe we saw Damon Pierce, I think, pick up short
3: yards for a first down. Well, after he got accosted in the backfield by Josh Allen. Yeah,
0: but there was another time where he ran through a guy who met him yeah. in the hole for a first down. It's like, okay, you have a hammer who's
3: back. Well, actually, if you want to know the truth, he had the first down, he was pushed back, and then he spun out of it. They gave him the forward progress on the first yeah, one when he, when he spun out of the tackle. And I was like, ooh, He okay. didn't get that.
0: Yeah, when he spun, I thought, Oh, oh, I shouldn't have he's done still that. Alive, should, should, right. have, should have taken the, just a pushback and gotten the first right. down. So you have, a, you have your hammer, and I thought, okay, at least run on first down, third down. And like I said, if you didn't gain an inch, then you maybe got to throw the football. So I'm not pointing that at Stroud. I think that's a slow issue. Yeah,
3: I do too. All right, we're going to break it here. So 7803 Glenn Davis at the bottom of the hour to talk about the big dynamo win they are going to play, uh, LAFC. They're going to play Los Angeles Football Club. Uh and for the Western Conference Championship that's coming up and we'll talk to Glenn about that. Right now though, I'm talking about Chastang Ford, I'm talking about my people, I'm talking about Patrick Chastang and Joe Chastang and what a what a family and I'm sure that I hope they had a wonderful Thanksgiving and they deserve it. Because and listen, if they had the whole family over everybody that's ever bought a vehicle from them would be at the party because you feel like you're in the Chastain family. That's what they said. One of the first things they told me is when you're talking about, make sure that you tell everybody that you're going to be in the Chastain family because the Chastain family, it, 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 you everybody gets the same deal. You gets the same service. Everybody gets the same attention that you're going to get. Everybody gets the fact that they're not going to add on, that they're not going to mark up. Everybody Everybody that's in the family, which is why they do more repeat business. It's so good. They're just so good at this. I'm telling you, if you're looking for that Ford car or truck, you are going to be a Chastain Ford, and you're going to go back again. And when you get the service that you need, if you ever need to have your your vehicle serviced, they're going to be there right there for you as well. Look, you're looking for the best way to get that Ford car or truck right now or order it or get one of their pre-owned vehicles. It's all at at 610 at Homestead, not Homestead, just five minutes from downtown. Or you can do it all online at ChastangFord.com.
2: ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Everyone loves our chicken pot pie. Chicken pot, chicken pot,
1: chicken pot pie.
2: pie. <laughs> Live and trapped in the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Human Centipede with John and Lance. I'm not sure which end Dell is going to join.
3: All right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. All right, college football from last weekend. What did we learn? We learned that
0: Washington is very fallible. I mean, we probably already learned, knew that, but they are, they beat Oregon, but they're not better than Oregon. Oh. Rivalry game, though. Sure, but they've been living on the edge for, for the last half, Back half of the season. Um, they they have been in games. I think they blew out Arizona State. No, that's the game that was close too. Uh, there's one blowout in the mix. But this is a team who has played to the level of their competition. The, the back half of the year. And it hasn't burned them yet. Oregon will get them in the Pac-12 title game. Because Oregon took care of uh, Oregon State. Uh, not by a large margin. But they found a way to get it done. And Oregon State's coach is now the Michigan State head coach. <laughs> he, Jonathan Smith is the quarterback of that Oregon State team Who beat Notre Dame in the Orange Bowl TJ, not Orange Bowl, Fiesta Bowl TJ Housmanzato is on that team mm-hmm. Chad Johnson, now Ocho Cinco is on that team So he was a legend That's the biggest win in Oregon State history uh, Beating Notre Dame in that bowl game And even he Decided, I would rather ha- have the Michigan State job than continue at my alma mater, which speaks to where the- where the Oregon State is as far as their vagabond status because they don't really have a conference. Uh, what else? Alabama found out that Jalen role is, is is a bit clutch. And Auburn, what are you doing? Auburn,
3: Auburn, my goodness, rush it to and letting him stand back there and find I'd say if you're rushing two and you got one guy that's a spy.
0: There was one and, spy. And a correction. I don't know why I thought it was a close game. Oregon blew out Oregon State. That was that wasn't a close ball game. Um and that was john Smith's last game. Yeah, but what they rush how many did they rush? They ran, rushed two. Two. They had a spy on fourth and that, tw- fourth 30. and forever. Yeah. So why do you have a spy? You want him to run to and come up and tackle him. Why do you have a spy?
3: The other eight guys, there should have been two here in the end zone, two here in the end zone, two here in the end zone, and two here in the end zone.
0: I don't know how you get a how one-on-one matchup. in
3: the match world up. is he – you got that one-on-one matchup, and he and he kind of slipped – and he actually came off of another guy. How in the world do you let that happen if you're Auburn?
0: I mean, it's something we would have to mention with Glenn Davis. I mean, zonal marking. Like, you just have a couple guys – that's a soccer thing in the, in the box. Have guys covering a zone. Yeah. Like – it's matchup zone. And you could
3: have put eight in the end zone.
0: It's a match. Eight. Yeah. Oh hell, put eleven, and if if Milrow wants to run, come up and tackle him. Now you've got a running offensive line coming at you too if he tries to. But why are you? A, how does anybody have Matt one on one
3: coverage where he can get away oh. with a bit of a push off and score? Yeah. How does it happen? Oh my gosh, that was one of the biggest plays in that in that rivalry. That's in one that of the pl- In that stadium. That
0: stadium is – look, in Tuscaloosa, unless Cam Newton's playing quarterback, nothing exciting is going to happen. Alabama's going to run them off the field. But in Jordan-Hare, those are where the, ex- where the exciting games happen, and that's another one. Yeah. I think they were called – the kick six. I, f- I know they call they're calling the one in uh, the Jets-Dolphins thing the Hail Mary because they threw a Hail Mary. Javon Holland returned for a touchdown. They have the butt yeah, fumble the in, the Hail Mary. in the Hail Mary there now. I don't know what you call this one. I think they had a name for it, but I don't know what you call fourth and third. you give a touchdown to win the game? It's going to go
3: down in Lord. Well, I, I'm sure we'll find it, but there'll be a name for it soon. Um, Georgia. Georgia is really good in their best. They're really good. I think they're fallible this year, though. I think they can be beat. Now,
0: we talked when Lance talked about how Alabama could get better when they were struggling, he talked about how just make Jalen Monroe a a zone-read quarterback and let him run the football, and I kind of countered and said, you're not going to beat Georgia doing that. What's the point of, you're going to have to develop him over the course of the year, so when it's time to play them, if you do get to play them, he's ready to play in that ballgame, because the only way you beat Georgia, we saw C.J. Stroud nearly do it by throwing the ball down the field and standing in there. Jalen going has got to do that, too. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they're gettable. I don't know if Alabama's defense will be good enough to hold them down.
3: It'll be interesting to see if Alabama wins what they do. And it's gonna be interesting to see if Florida State wins. Yeah, that's the Are they one. gonna be in it? You can't you can't hold it against the kids, but Tate Rodemaker, oh my he's, gosh. He's
0: not good and, and the Cardell Jones thing I brought up last year because Cardell last week, because Cardell Jones, that was a thing with Ohio State, but Cardell Jones played in the big ten title game and lit up Wisconsin. Yeah. So, the, so the committee could be like, Okay, Thank that you. guy's
3: good. They can keep playing and well, then they want we'll to win, win he, the title. We got to see what he does against Louisville. I don't but think he's Florida gonna light them up. I'm, I'm telling you, even Texas, Ohio State, there are several Oregon, teams. whoever. There's
0: several one loss teams better than them, and that's not hate. They've no. they've found a way to win, but that offensive line isn't great. Now their they're, they're, their their pass pressures are really good, that Florida offensive line is not great. But that they their biggest issue beyond quarterback, I don't think their offensive line will be able to hold up against one of those playoff fronts. I think it will get ugly, and honestly. They'd be doing us all a favor. We have that sounder. I know we got Glenn Davidson at the side. We got that sounder in there about what have you done to us that that big, that college football fan was upset yeah. that TCU got to the title game. It'll be the same thing. If it's Florida State's offensive line with Tate Rodemaker, that guy's going to be upset again because whoever gets to play them is going to run them off the field.
3: Glenn Davis joining us next, talking about the dynamo and their big win yesterday that you heard right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Right now, though, I'm talking about Coors Light. Do you think that there were any Coors Lights uh, consumed this holiday season? Yes. Do you think that there will be more? Yes. Do you think that there's going to be a, this is a Coors Light holiday? Yes. Make it a Coors Light holiday for you. You're looking for the best way to get cold, clean, crisp, and refreshing. Yeah, it's cold outside, but you still want your beer cold? What? Of course you do. You do not want, you cannot have your beer warm. No, not Germany. This is America. And when your beer is cold? It's got the blue mountains, baby. You know it's cold. Matter of fact, somebody brought a case yesterday over to the house, and it was like, oh, look, the mountains are blue. Guess what? We can drink and enjoy. Listen, you're looking for the best way to enjoy your beer. I know mine's cold. you know yours is cold? Pick up a cold, clean, crisp, refreshing Coors Light. Climb on, brother.
2: ESPN975.com. Time to wake up. Hey, you are finally awake. You were trying to cross the border, right? Back to the Veritex Community Bank studios. Here's Lance and John. Scratch that. Verse it.
1: The Dynamo figurehead. Curls it in. Up they go! It's one Fantastic header. It's Franco Escobar. He dives into the arms of Hector Herrera. And the Houston Dynamo have done it off a corner. It is 1-0.
3: That's the call last night that you heard right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. And this is the guy that made the call Glenn Davis, the foremost authority. It's rare that you have the foremost authority of anything when you have
0: Don't we have the foremost draft expert? Uh, Preeminent. Oh, preeminent. That's what he is. No, we've got the
3: foremost soccer authority in the city of Houston. And he's with us right now on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Glenn, how about this team? How about the job Ben Olsen has done? What about the way that uh, Onstead has put this thing together to reach the Western Conference Finals. They've come a long, long way. Did you expect it did you, when, going into this season? Did you think
1: this team had this kind of shot? I had pegged them to make the playoffs. I don't think any question with, with the midfield that they had with our, with Artur and Hector Herrera bought in and Karaskia and, um, I mean, Bossy. But a lot fell together, and I think, you know, uh, people that watch Major League Soccer, Over the years, understand that it's it's not necessarily about the body of work during the year. Um, It's about how you enter the playoffs. And I think in September, you know, and I'm not the only one who's saying, and a lot of people saw this that this was going to be a dangerous team in the playoffs. I said, don't be surprised if they make a run all the way to the MLS Cup final because this is about momentum. It's about unified squads. All the things that people say, but we're actually seeing it occur and you also got to get a few breaks along the way. Uh, It's Major League Soccer, but um, 17 new players, married with a new coach. Coach has resources, staff brought in by the new ownership. Um, This is what happens when you focus on the competitive side of the team with people who know the game. Glenn, we've heard
0: another Houston franchise, whether it be the coach or the players, talk about getting the fans out there when the Texans are concerned. The Dynamo, kind of reminiscent of the Texans, have had issues – the last couple of years being competitive. Now they do have they, they have won U.S. Open Cups. Had la, watching the game last night. Okay, that's a good crowd. John was out there. Said it was a great crowd. Has has this team got the fans completely buy in? And I imagine all the success certainly has helped.
1: Well, look, um, there's a lot of buy in right now because you have a winning team. Okay, but if, if you're going to look at the entire season, the Dynamo were 29th out of 29th in attendance. There is no reason why that that stadium shouldn't look like that game in and game out with the quality product that's now being put on the field. Um, you got a lot of people now covering the team, which is great, that are on for the ride. I'm going to challenge them in Houston to start covering Major League Soccer comprehensively throughout the year. But, um, look, the good times are here right now. But in order to appreciate the good times, you got to suffer a little bit. I think we've suffered a lot for the last seven, eight, nine years, and, We now finally have an owner in Ted Siegel who's invested in soccer minds. we prioritize the game of playing soccer and the quality of the product, and that's what ultimately has got to ride over everything.
0: Yeah, watching the game, Dynamo controlled that match as far as possession, and there are some opportunities on the break for Sporting KC. A couple big saves in the first half. Dynamo missed some opportunities to maybe widen the lead. When I I watch them play and I think about their next opponent, if you were choosing Dynamo versus Seattle Sounders or their actual opponent, LAFC, what, what complements or accentuates their game better, playing LAFC or would, would the Sounders have been a better opponent?
1: Well, two good clubs. Uh, personally, after watching the Seattle game last night, I'd say to Seattle, you've got to do something about your field. It's a bad look for Major League Soccer. The plastic it looks horrible. It makes the league look Bush League. I don't care that you have 35,000 fans a game. But fortunately, LAFC won the Dynamo matchup very well with them. They're going to play on grass, so I'm actually glad that LAFC won. I thought Seattle would have snuck by them. But the Dynamo beat LAFC twice during the regular season. I will say that means nothing. They've got the top goal scorer in the league in Dennis Bawanga. But, but the Dynamo, they're, they're on a roll right now. They've got a leader They've got unification. They're a great defending team. They protect their goalkeeper, Steve Clark. He comes up with the timely save. Oh, man. And everybody's bought in.
3: Dan, what a save that was, too. Holy cow, and it couldn't have come at a better time. And then there was another right after the Dynamo scored. Escobar scored the goal. Uh, charging down the field. And they they got stuck in a position where who who was it? Was it Herrera or who was it that... that uh, that, that uh, Svetchenko, who was it that, that, that yeah, almost it was had Svetchenko
1: on the line? The ball hit his arm. The ball was against his body. This was a controversial moment. Yeah. No question about it because, subjectively, referees, you know, we all want it to be a fine line of, you know, this is exactly how it should be when it comes to handballs. We all know it comes down to the referee in the middle. It was pretty surprising that he did not take a look at this. So, I guess the moral of the story is when when you're in the playoffs and you're making these runs, you do have to get breaks uh, like anything else.
3: Yeah, no, and they, they got a, a huge break there. What what could have been was a handball situation there. I tell you this, I, they did a real nice piece on um, Griffin Dorsey in the in the uh, Chronicle on Sunday morning. Uh, you know, he had the game winner, the PK, uh, the game before. And, boy, I thought he made a huge difference. It was, it was his play that got the corner kick for the, for the game-winning goal. But he's so active. He, I, I, you know, he, he talked about not starting for a while, and now, now all of a sudden he's gotten his chance. And I thought he made a huge difference last night.
1: He's made a huge difference. He's one of the great stories in the overall league this year. He started playing right back in the league's cup, and he won the starting job. He's had it ever since then. It brought the dynamo and element in their attack that they needed, which was a bit of a wide game. You had teams now game planning for him getting forward and tactically setting up. He influenced the team in a huge way. And, you know, you don't want to have a singular type of way of attacking in soccer. You want to have a variety of ways, right? Like just like any sport, like the Texans, like like the Rockets, like the Astros, right? And the Dynamo have variety now because his ability to get the game wide and, and, and get forward from the outside-back position pushes them into into attack. So it, it's been incredible. But, you know, he's one of the holdovers from the, these teams that were, were poor, let's be honest, in the last couple of years, to to really be fair, and I say that respectfully. And he's one that has now blossomed in the container of better players like Hector Herrera, Eric Sviatchenko. so... He's a great Major League Soccer story. He's a great guy. The, the fans are digging him. It's, it's awesome.
0: Glenn, you talked about the new players, and we had Ben Olsen on er, uh, earlier in the month. He discussed coming in and changing the culture of, of the, the franchise. Talk about, talk about staying power. I know Karraski has mentioned maybe going back to Europe. If whatever, however this season ends, is this a team we're going to see familiar faces on next year?
1: Yeah, I think you built the core of culture and everything. But look, it's professional sports, as you guys know, and things do change. But what I can tell you is that they're ahead of the game now. Uh, they're not reactive in the past. It's been a club that's been reactive. Okay, what do we do now? Well, I think they're ahead of the game now. I, I would have to assume they're out there looking for a striker. I would have to assume they're out there looking, if Karaski and Coco does end up in Europe where he'd like to go. I, I think... They're ahead of all these things now, which is which is the way you have to do it. I think, as you guys know, in professional sports. So, to that to that standpoint, again, it goes back to the owner hiring a GM and Pat Onstad. You've got an actual competitive staff now, um, which which before it was pretty tough. It was it was more reactive. I think they're more proactive. They're getting ahead of things.
3: So. Uh... Here we go against LAFC. to beat them twice already. It's tough to beat a team 3 times now and going there. Boy, I will tell you what. While you said earlier how the the you know the crowd wasn't there early on 29th in the, in the league of 29 teams. Uh, they they play great at home though. I mean, look at how well that they have played there and with the with the kind of backing that they had last night it was a wonderful wonderful atmosphere i, I loved it Glenn. it was it was something special and it, there there won't be any so that's the last game there this year though right that's
1: it that's the last game they got to go to LAFC but on that note the fans have been great the ones that have been coming to the game and obviously there's there's a higher volume of them, of them there now but you know the whole trick is is to get them out there Uh, throughout the season Houston is a soccer city it's got people from all over the world that love this game these guys are playing the game I think which is a perfect fit for this market that includes a lot of South Americans, Central Americans Mexicans and and they love a value placed on the ball and that's what they're seeing a lot of quick give and goes tricks and flicks uh, excitement possession a value on the ball these are all the things that are incredibly marketable to Houston so um, the product is there. Uh, it is a marketable product, and it can fit. It just uh, has to become a little bit more aware to Glenn, the, the general public.
0: Before you go, Glenn, you mentioned South America, and I bring it up because the U.S. qualifies for Copa America. Despite, uh, they, despite what serginio Desk tried to do, they avoided, they avoided dropping to another awful match to Trinidad and Tobago as far as the final uh, result with the aggregate is concerned. The Heat, I don't know if it's been turned up. I've heard the talk about what needs to happen for Greg Burhalter. Is there any chance if there's a flame out in Copa America that they go back and realize they made a bad decision bringing him back? Or is that something that's just fan talk and he's got, and he's got a long runway here?
1: I think it's, I think it's a, a, a lot of both. Um, I don't think any coach's job is ever safe, especially at the national team level, although in our country maybe we're a little bit more – uh, forgiving. I mean, you have to remember that was that was a bit of a buzzkill the way we entered Copa America. There's no question about it, but it was a team without a lot of very key pieces. Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney. There was a bunch of guys, Polisic, all that are missing. That I mean, those you could argue that those are your three top players. But uh, I don't think there's any question he's going to get criticism. I think that's healthy. It's a part of the game at this level. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. And by the way. Hope America should be here in Houston and then twenty twenty six we have the World Cup here, right? Right. I mean, yeah, we gotta start talking about this more. We gotta get we gotta get people talking about this. It's like the best kept secret that the greatest sporting event in the world is coming here in twenty twenty six.
3: So the game is Saturday, the Western Conference Final. Do we have a
1: time yet? Uh let's I see. It's I, I think it's yeah, I think I think so. 830. Yeah, 830, I don't yeah. know exactly what time the game is, but it comes quick, and they're one game away from the MLS Cup Final. Remarkable. Yeah, it's, uh, it's 8.30 our time.
3: 8.30 Central, yes. Yeah. 8.30 Central. Uh, yeah. So there it is. And Glenn Davis, the uh, voice of the Dynamo right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Great stuff. Well, it was a great time. Uh, appreciate your help yesterday. That was uh, really great stuff. I really enjoyed it. Me and my nephew enjoyed it. Send me that picture, will you? I got a picture yes. of Glenn Davis. I'm gonna frame it. I gotta frame that thing. Okay. <laughs> if you can get a picture with Glenn Davis, then you Okay. Yeah,
1: we got some comedy in this segment. <laughs> I love you him. know no. he's
3: here all the time, right? Yeah. You can always get a picture of Glenn no, Davis. No, well I don't see him though. I That's mean if he's true. here after ten o'clock, I don't see I don't I won't and see you. Glenn by the way means ten A. M. not ten PM Glenn. Yeah, ten A. M. Glenn. If you're if you're not here before ten AM, then you're oh, you're not gonna see me. Uh, <laughs> Glenn Davis right here on ESPN 97.5 and ninety. Congratulations, man, and we'll be uh We'll be watching on Saturday. Thanks, John. Thanks, Del. All right. There he is, Glenn Davis, right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Good stuff. I'll tell you, it was a great atmosphere. Hey, you know how good my seats were? I imagine they were great because it's you. I was sitting next to Brian Ching and his wife. That's how good my seats are.
0: Did you annoy the Dynamo legend?
3: I, I didn't bother him. Good. I didn't bother him. He's not. Who, who was that? Uh, who were you a fan of? A pitcher for the. His Astros? wife kept bothering us. Made us get up. She was going to the was she concession stand. She bothering
0: you, or was she just being a normal yeah, person? She, she didn't
3: bother us at all. Actually, she Have just you being ever a nor- seen his wife? No, but that wasn't my
0: point. I was just saying <laughs> she's just being a normal person going to get food. Yes. Who no. was the who was the Astro pitcher who you were obsessed with? And then her wife was like, "Oh, that guy's a little weird." Oh yeah. Uh, I know, I was so obsessed with him. Re- I can't remember who it was. A relief pitcher that you loved so much, and then you were then yeah. you, you sat next to his wife at a was playoff it game. Was it Belak? Was it Belak? it might have been Brandon Belak that it you might've... loved, and then you sat next to his wife at a playoff game, and she, and was, oh, she was like, "Oh, this is weird. You're odd."
3: I just like I love your husband. He's great. Okay. It wasn't
0: Belak. It wasn't. It wasn't him. It was <laughs> someone else? I don't remember who it was. It was a relief no. pitcher though.
3: Anyway. Eight forty-seven, ESPN ninety-seven five and 5, 3776 And by the way, I hope
0: this game is readily available for everyone. I hope it's not on Apple TV and in the in behind the paywall. It's a it's a conference final. Yeah, the the conference semifinal, the Dynamo on FS one, the the LAFC Sounders game was behind a paywall on Apple. I hope they I hope they make the the conference final readily available for people
3: well it won't help if it's not that's for sure and all the stuff that glenn's talking about you can't you, you can't put it behind a paywall to watch the, the the playoffs you just can't they've done it already all right uh 703 3776 if you want to get in here come on
2: espn 97.5 and 92.5 sweet sassy molasses. clever metaphors and catchphrases escape me like a fat girl waving her trophy from the smell contest sweet sassy molasses. i'm trying my best here live from the veritex community bank studios it's time to rejoin the undisputed best sports talk show
3: in houston it's clearly john and lance except no substitutes we're re-watching the texans game here walker little from episcopal high school Mean Paul started at least twice. You think he was a little nervous because he was back in Houston, and you know he's from the tough streets. The well, mean streets playing, of Episcopal. No, well, he wasn't out on an island because he was playing guard before Cam Robinson got hurt.
0: No, I think he was just nervous to be back in the city where he had to escape all so? that gun violence. At, in a, at, at Episcopal. Episcopal, he he. There's let, no gun uh, violence at Episcopal. So didn't he go to Stanford to get away from all the uh, the, the violence of drugs? And now he's back in the city. You know, some kids they why does that? Why
3: like, are you doing that? That's,
0: like some college fans, your people might think you're, you're well, I'm telling being, the I'm truth. Being serious. Some some fans are like, why why won't that kid stay home? And we find out later the kid wanted to get get away from a bad environment. Is that why Walker Little went to Stanford to get away from a bad environment?
3: Um, I don't think that it's a bad environment at Episcopal High School. And now he's back, and all the all the guys he wanted to
0: avoid are in the stands. So he got a little nervous. He was always leaving early.
3: Mm. My goodness.
0: Well, I think it's more of a Jaguars thing because Jawan Taylor did that last year, too. And that's just what they teach, I guess. And that's what they get away with. We think- talked about it earlier, Joey Bosa went, lost his mind because they wouldn't call false Joey start.
3: Bosa literally lost his mind during that playoff yeah, game. because they wouldn't And call D'Amico one. was like, what is going on here? How can you guys? That was one of the worst refereed game I, I, I think I've seen in a while. It was bad. Uh, that was the one of the worst referee games I think I've seen. The in Jags a while. will complain. for both sides. The
0: Jags will complain about the egregious <laughs> non-call that led to a pick and led to the Texans getting getting right back in the game. Mm-hmm. The Texans will complain about the Tank Dell non-catch and all the other and the Tavire Tavier Thomas non-interference and the Steve and Nelson non-holding. Um, those are a couple that were brutal that went against them. So it was awful. But the league itself has had an awful couple weeks and maybe an awful season. Go to the, the maybe their premier game of the weekend beyond this one. The, the doubleheader uh, on CBS. In yep. Philly, Josh Allen, who, who I, I, I can't, I'm I not going to complain because the Bills lost, but he got horse-collared because it was outside the pocket. You're not allowed to do that. And doubly, they didn't call that. I did think that if you're going to call intentional grounding, that was right. I don't care that Gabe Davis was five yards away. That ball, like, landed an inch away from Josh Allen. That's intentional grounding. But it's only that because he was getting horse-collared. Yeah. It was not a good day all around for officials.
3: No. No, well, that was that was clearly a horse collar, and he didn't. There was no, there was no. But he, at first, he grabbed the front and ripped the front. Yeah, and then, and he, then grabbed he grabbed it. the He's back. Like, no, right. I I, right. I don't have an, I haven't gotten enough of you. I'm gonna grab the back,
0: and we do have breaking news. I don't know if Brian knows about our breaking news sounder. Um uh,
3: it's, it's, Brian,
0: it's just it's on my phone. It's just Lance doing the Viking horn. You know uh, uh, it's, it's not going to be on the page, um, unless you've already uploaded it for something else. Tom Pelissero reporting. That Frank Reich, fired by the Panthers,
3: which is is odd I mean I could what I mean I could see if he'd been there for a while and but why one year are you, are, are you obviously feel like he is retarding the growth of Bryce Young yeah, Brian, I was a little nervous too, but I think he
0: can say it in that tense,
3: yeah, yeah because because why would you do that? Why would you? I why I, and I don't I don't understand this. Maybe maybe it feels like Bryce Young is not getting the kind of tutoring that he was that he was he's supposed to be getting. And, Frank Reich is a well known quarterback whisperer. Well, he
0: is now. This is a different scenario because they played multiple quarterbacks. But St- Steve Wilkes was in Arizona for a year, not known as a quarterback whisperer, but they drafted a quarterback in. Josh Rosen, top 10 or so, and they played an older quarterback. They went to Josh Rosen. It didn't work, and they fired Steve Wilkes. Is he Steve Wilkes level bad, or that, or do they think they have another option that they can go to quickly once the season's over? Because getting rid of Frank Reich, I mean, he wasn't great at in Indy. There's a reason he got fired. But after one season, you've decided he, you made the wrong decision? Now, Dave Tepper ain't known to be the most uh, normal owner, but it's
3: it's a quick one yeah that's I mean there must be some warm tongue there telling telling the ownership the general manager and the owner that Frank Reich is poisoning poisoning bryce young and he Frank Reich is the reason because otherwise uh, there, the Frank Reich' has forgotten more football than then any of those people will know. Now, I give Tom Pellisle credit, but apparently Dave Tepper put out a
0: statement, maybe sent it to everyone, so I don't know if it's breaking news if the guy sends out a statement to everyone. This is what he said. I met with Coach Reich this morning and informed him that he will not continue as head coach of the Panthers. I want to thank Frank for his dedication and service, and we wish him well. Effective immediately, special teams coordinator Chris Tabor will serve as interim head coach, and there's some other stuff about Jim Caldwell and, uh, and Thomas Brown taking over play-calling duties. So, Frank Reich out. After, and it's apparently the second shortest tenure in, in, in NFL history. 11 games. That's the second shortest tenure. Hell, even Cam Cameron got to finish the year with the Dolphins. Uh, did Steve Wilkes get fired in the year? Did he get to finish the year? Second shortest? Well, what was the... Uh, I don't know. I have to I mean, up.
3: why would they not put who's the,
0: the shortest if they it, put that I, in the story? I'm, it's not a story. It's a tweet by Phil Yates. I don't know why. Right. I don't know who is the shortest, but he says... Shortest
3: stint in NFL history.
0: For a... For a I mean, Coach, technically, it's
3: Belichick. It
5: was about 30 minutes.
3: Who? <laughs> he said it's Belichick. It was Belichick
5: about- with the Jets. It was about 30 minutes before he
3: quit. Oh. No. Well, he did. That actually is. You're right. He took the job. And then realized, what have I done? Right. And then went to the took Patriots. Took the Jets job and then went to the Patriots.
0: And made, made a great decision considering what the Jets have been and what he is. Well, not now, but what he was before.
3: Did Steve Wilkes last? A, I don't
0: think Steve that Wils- counts, does it? No, Steve Wilkes lasted the whole year, so it wasn't him. And by the way, Steve Wilkes was the interim. Did a coach
3: head- ever die in his first year? <laughs> I don't know.
0: Steve Wilkes, by the way, was the interim head coach last year for the Panthers. Went 6-6. Six six. Didn't consider him for the job, though. Uh, um, I
5: found something on NFL.com. Apparently, George George Island uh, took the Rams job way back, and after two preseason games, got fired. He got fired after
0: two, two preseason games. games. Two
5: preseason <laughs> games. The? This is the 1977 with the
0: Rams. That's a did, little. Did he get caught doing something with someone? Two it preseason barely, games. It, what? it says he
5: got fired, and they gave him an opportunity to go work for CBS Sports as a, like a commentator. Maybe they felt his future was better there.
0: Wow. wow. Well, he went on to coach the the Washington Washington, and then a couple of other st- stops. He was pretty good at Washington. Made a made several made a Super Bowl. In the, uh, in the early 70s, so he wasn't a bad coach. George, are you sure George, about wow. this? wow.
5: That's what came, it's on NFL.com.
0: How did he get, but I got him coaching from 66 to 70 with L.A., so it, must, it must have been in, like, maybe 70. Maybe with, they
5: scrubbed it from history, it was so short. Yeah, I don't know. It's so
0: funny. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what, I'm going to say... Fake news by NFL.com. Are you sure it's George Allen? Because I got That's him on w- I got him on Wiki right now, coaching five seasons for the Rams.
3: Unless there's two George Allens, yeah.
0: Maybe there is. It's probably a fairly May- common. Are you name. sure it
3: wasn't after his fifth season that he got tr- that he got fired two preseason games in?
0: Well, he went to go coach the Washington whoop, Washington Redskins at the time, nineteen seventy one. So right after ninety, 90- his final season with the Rams was in the 70- nineteen seventy. He coached the Redskins in seventy one. So I can't. That can't
3: be real. <laughs> No. I'm not I'm not buying it. Two preseason games in. No owner. You would never hire no coach would ever go there again if you got fired two preseason games in. Well, I,
5: I am seeing uh, a guy that coached for the Bills, Pete McCauley, got fired after nine games also in the seven. That's probably okay, him. That's so maybe that's, right. that's the official record. Right. He, now I mean, now George...
3: Allen might have gotten fired at two preseason games in, but after his fifth season. But then he went on to immediately go coach the Redskins? He got
0: fired in the same off. One preseason then went to go coach a team in the same season? Because he got fired. He would have been fired Mm. in 71 and then go coach the Redskins in 71. The man was two-time coach of the year. He never,
3: he he didn't get fired in a preseason. No way that happened. No. I'm not believing that either. Breaking it here. Uh, Let's go. You want to get in when you come back? Let's go. Anything that you want to talk about from this? And it was a good, long weekend. Great weekend of sports. What do you want to talk about? A lot of stuff to do. Hold
0: on before we go. The stat is real. He went to go coach the Rams in '78 after a stint with the Redskins and got fired in the preseason. Oh, so he went back. Oh, he went back. So to the him. stat is real. It
3: NFL.com vindicated.
0: But even still, he hit coach a long time.
3: Well, he might have been like he was really old then
0: too. Well, he went on to coach in the USFL too, so he wasn't done coaching after oh. he got fired. Oh, so, so yes, hang it up, George. I take it back. NFL.com correct but they still hired Lance, so they can't be that
3: great. Uh, crazy. You got fired two preseason games in, and then they got another coach after that. We're, we we got to take a break. You're listening to the ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Don't call anywhere.
2: ESPN 97.5.com. If you want in, you have to
4: audition. Hi, I'm Carrie Dubek, and I'm reading for the role of man at party who smells fart.